We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's a lot of things that on your in your forum, your talk radio radio forum, that people latch on to and take as gospel and then use that as a way to, you know, not only criticize but, you know, mock uh, name call. Every time I come on now, it, these become interrogations. They're not interviews. They're interrogations. And, you know, we, we come, in, in our positions, we come on respectfully, okay? And we get asked a lot of tough questions. I've answered, every, you know, I answer every tough question. I, I'm, I'm probably as direct and honest an executive as there, there is in the city. There have been three rebuilds. No, I wouldn't even consider the first one a rebuild when we first got the job because we didn't have anything to do with that. All we did, well, I, I came in and we turned the, turned it around. So how many, there, there haven't been a lot of rebuilds. There, there, there was one when we got Derrick Rose. I would say that was, that was one, and now there's this one. Um, there have not been other ones. So um, I, I think that is a, that's a misstatement. You know, I, I, I do. There have not been a lot of rebuilds. I, I get fans frustrated. I'm frustrated. We're all frustrated. I, I'm as uh, I'm as passionate and loyal about the Bulls organization as anybody out there. So you know, I mean that that's that's just a, a fact. Here's Otto Porter Jr. stops left wing three. Bam! Timeout. Next. We have Levine topside deep three. Nope. With the clock expiring, but Otto Porter there to save it. Nice job, Selden. Back to Porter. Open left corner three. Wow. Bam! Oh, back-to-back <laughs> jabs. The Nets will inbound. Bulls are going to win this baby on the road here in Brooklyn. Nice way to start a back-to-back in three and four. And this ball game is over. Bulls win it. And as the horn will sound, Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. 125 to 106. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the name before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. Or the duck duck here and the quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Lido. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Mesmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks 
so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR, 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. 1106. You heard John Paxson. So all you've heard is John Paxson on with McNeil. McNeil and Paxson. I think that's what the new show will be. McNeil and Parkinson. Just give it time. And there's a bad win following worse management. You heard Chuck Swirsky oh. describe it. I'm Steve Rosenblum, also known as Venus in Blue Jeans, and he's Matt Spiegel. Why are you Venus in Blue Jeans? I heard that this morning. I'm flipping around. I heard Venus in blue jeans. I thought not forever in blue jeans. That's me. No, we discussed that last yeah, week. That yeah. was the Mondegreen Reverend blue jeans. <laughs> that was that's what you hear on a Sunday. No, uh, Venus in blue oh, jeans. Oh wow, going old old school. It was very old, right? And I thought that's me, and you're the <laughs> doe-eyed Matt Spiegel. Welcome in. Uh, we have Saturday suckage, and nothing says suckage better than Bulls management. After a useless win. So I'm just going to turn it over to Matt Tankathon Speed. <laughs> you know, everything bad this week. Oh, God, Steve. All the crap. Help, help me. Let, let, let's converse here and, and, and just map what we have. We have the best free agent summer since the summer of LeBron that the entire league has been looking forward to for a long time. Planning for it. Right. We have the Bulls not beginning their rebuild process until after the three alphas completely and utterly failed. So one year late, they started their process. Mm -hmm. Oh, isn't that interesting when you hear them talk, they're not ready to capitalize on this free agent class. Remember that year that they completely should have punted and did not Mm -hmm. because they wanted to fill some seats and get the sixth seat or the seventh seat. Mm Mm-hmm. So now we have them after two years. Eh, okay, some decent draft picks. I like Lowry. I like Wendell. I, I, I don't think Zach Levine's a cornerstone, but whatever. So they're not ready. So they respond by not being ready, by sadly making a trade that has some logical sense to it. Damn it. Because you go out and you get a good player. He's a good player, Otto Porter. I like him. This isn't about him. But you go out and you get him. He's making $26, 27000000 million. So you're paying a cornerstone price for a guy who is not going to be one of your cornerstone pieces. But maybe you'll flip him. You've got him for three years. Anyway, it's just a placeholder while you move the goalposts and continue your beautiful job security managing this pile of suck. Right? So far, I'm with you. So far, you're with me. Wait a When you say something wrong, I'll... Okay. Um, then, by the way, you go on a couple of radio stations this week, including ours, and completely embarrass yourself with a, a ridiculous amount of defensiveness and some tone deafness about your reputation around the league, right? But aside from that, then Otto Porter gets here, and last night he played really, really well. 
and you won a game in Brooklyn against a real team. They're a real team now, the Nets. They're probably going to make the playoffs. D'Angelo Russell is an all-star, and you freaking won a game, and now it looks like you're going to play your way out you could play your way out of the bottom three and end up with some garbage seven to nine draft pick. How many different ways can you screw up a year in the middle of a rebuild? You fired the coach, and so you don't have consistency for your young pieces. You hired somebody from the 1979. <laughs> Who doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and now you're kind of coaching him up, and but whatever. And you almost had a mutiny, and you're running this weird system, and you got worse. You're screwing up, guys. They screwed this thing up so many different ways. And now, as you're finally, thankfully, in position to be in that bottom three at the very least and give yourself a shot at Zion Williamson, now it looks like you might be decent enough to play your way out of it. It's a freaking nightmare. Compare and contrast that with the Knicks, who have seemingly an opportunity to get the first pick and appear to be angling to create two max slots. And at right? least they're New York. They're poorly run, but at least they're New York, so they feel like they've got that going for them. And they've got the space. They're ready for this summer. They're awfuler. They're more awfuler than John Paxson and Gar Foreman, if you can believe that. And they're more attractive. You, can, you're, you tell a superstar... You bring your best friend. We got enough money to pay him, and look at that. We could end up with, you know, they might end up with the number one pick. Mm -hmm. That, I don't, I will never give the Knicks credit for planning that, but they, you know, they fall up, as Shel Silverstein would write about falling up. That's what happened, and that's where they are. But let me go back to something you said about the three alphas here. Yeah. Filling filling seats, and and the money that was needed to be spent or not or whatever, if you're because I never thought of it the way you said it about okay we're gonna fill seats we're gonna sell tickets we're gonna if that was orders from your garden variety Reinsdorf, right? Then does that buy Garpacks more time more cover for? Job security sure. because bottom next year because they didn't start the rebuild then because they were or maybe forever because it was one of many times that we don't know about that just struck me the way you phrased it mm-hmm. that just struck me do you think that's because it's inexplicable that as you said this is this is the summer of greatness this is the summer you buy your way into the top three of of contention not the top three of the draft. So you do that this summer. You plan for that. You look at that. Not every team did that. Not the one in Chicago. Nope. And and the fact that if how can you be management and say how do we how come we're playing we're admitting before the trade deadline or at the trade deadline we're going to be playing in the shallow under the pool in the deepest free agent class since LeBron Wade and Bosch. So I I, I don't know if your management how you. Unless, unless mm-hmm. you as management are responsible for retarding the, the 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 clock, the schedule. That's what they've done by going in that direction with the three alphas. They delayed this, and now they've missed this particular window. Next year's free agent class is bad, so they're going to miss that window. So 
now they, they've bought themselves another two years of job security and forced patience from ownership. There is nothing, nothing light of lighting a fire under them. There is no sense of pressure on them. And as angry as Seemingly. we can be, see, they're, they're, as angry as we can be, as angry as fans are, there's no sense of pressure on them. And if you were listening to John Paxson with McNeil and Parkins, it was Max's question about what do you, how do you respond when I have fa- there are people texting in, calling in, saying these guys are under no pressure, mm-hmm. and that's when Paxson lost it. That's yes. when he lost it. That's why I thought we should do true. the McNeil and Paxson show and just let this Danny circle above. And by the way, there's a it's on iTunes, and I don't know all the things that popular kids do, but Danny tried to I, – I stand corrected because when I was listening to it live and then listened to it the next day, I worked with Bernsey yesterday, mm-hmm. and and I had said Danny, Danny presented Pax with what we th- believe to be true, and he said – Give me facts. Give me names. Give me quotes. Yeah. And Danny didn't. But Danny made a really good point. He said, "Listen again." I went. I listened again to to this particular part. And what Pax would do was hijack a particular point mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with with the, exactly the point that Danny was making about the mocking of the. I mean, look, the Sacramento Kings mocked you. They they beat you. They mocked you. They 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 just. They clowned you. The Sacramento Kings clowned you. Yeah. And then you you hear the reports, and and Pax wanted to know it was reports. So I, we talked to Adam Silver. The NBA Players Association didn't contact him. Well, they don't have to. The players just have to contact the NBA Players Association. Then they'll decide what happened. So mm-hmm. so it got hijacked. Danny did a really good job, and and Danny cited a bunch of reasons and a bunch of bunch of quotes and there's a, a podcast but yes. i don't understand well this here's thing. he followed up this is what happened is that parkins is you know the next day after paxson had said give me examples mm-hmm. uh the next day and then danny went in. danny went and got got examples and the next day and i just retweet i just tweeted that podcast where he went and found quotes from players coaches media agents trainers a lot of it on tape and played the tape examples one through nine i think it was of people saying bad things about the Chicago Bulls as an organization and why they are undesirable. So and the entire Van Gundy family. Yes, <laughs> you name a Van Gundy, they're all. They've of got them. something the, bad the to Van say. The Van Gundy Thanksgiving must be some <laughs> Bulls talk. Pa- pass the stuffing and Paxson's a jackass. <laughs> it's all in one swell foop, right? Yes. <laughs> Well, well, and that goes way back. I mean, first of all, Tom Thibodeau is their guy, right? Oh, yeah. And it also goes way back to when Jeff Van Gundy called uh, called Phil Jackson Big Chief Triangle. Right, and, and called Michael Jordan a con man for the way he'd, way he'd pat guys on the butt and go, hey, yeah, I mean, you're looking really good, and then he'd go out and kill him. But he called him a con man, and Michael hung 50 on Van Gundy's nets, or Knicks. That was, I remember that. That was on, um, that, that, that made the score. Yeah. That was McNeil and Boers. That was a heavy fuel crew. I th- yeah, right. I remember Mike Alzamora got me the tape. I transcribed it. I, I, I waited. I was at Bulls at the Birdo Center before 8 in the morning, knowing that's when they'd come in after that. And Michael stopped and I said, I have to read this to you. And he said, he used a naughty word, and then he put 50 on him. I said, oh, thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so the Van Gundys have all kinds of reasons to hate them, but they're, it, it's real, it's legit, it it's is. solid, whatever the Bulls want to believe or not believe, whatever 
whatever delusions they have. And speaking of delusions, David Schuster will be here with information. No, he won't. He'll just be here with movie reviews and Oscar picks. But it's Bulls and Wizards, so the trade oh comes God. in. This is perfect. Did you see what Bobby Portis did last night, I, by the We're going to get to that. We're yeah. going to get to what Bobby Portis did and said. And the Bobby Portis tweeted. revenge game is yeah. tonight. Yeah. And Mark, he'll be, David Schuster will be here at 1120. We'll take a break, get back to him, or get to him. Mark Gonzalez will be here. We'll talk Cubs at the beginning of spring training. And a little bit of Frank Robinson, too. I know that he, I know that they crossed paths, and I just, um, it, it's a, it's, Maybe the most underrated superstar. I mean, the guy, he, for the longest time, was fourth in legitimate home runs in mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. Uh, and at 1 o'clock, Steve Ashburner. We'll talk some NBA with him, who won, who lost. Why are the Bulls doing what they're doing? We'll see if he can figure that out. I am Venus in blue jeans, and he's the doe-eyed one. Saturday suckage. Hey, look, it's Saturday suckage. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. If we just stay patient and grounded um, and we keep long-term in mind, which is really my primary responsibility, keep the long-term in mind, then, then we'll see. And if it doesn't work, then the people who want me out will probably get their wish. So, uh, but, but there's going to be, there, we're going to take some time in doing this the right way. Okay, that's... The laugh track is a nice touch. That, that's... Yeah, I didn't know if it'd be Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm by the end, but that was the the sound, the original, the voice of John Paxson came from the traditional Christmas, the interview that David Schuster, our next guest, does with John Paxson when they go away to a manger <laughs> and have the interview, and then... They build a snowman together, it's really beautiful. And then... Zach Withers put the laugh track under it to underscore John Paxson's um, frustration, firing on on Danny Parkins during that interview that he couldn't even make a joke, which is that's what John said it was a joke. Mm-hmm. When well, I heard it again, you know, when you have all that eggnog, all that spiked all eggnog, all that in the yeah, and things in a major, you know, frankincense, myrrh, you just never know what you're gonna. So let me ask you this, David Schuster. Hi, how are you, David Schuster? First of all, well, nice talking to you guys. It's been yeah. a while. Yes, it sir. has been. But I want to. I had said to when I heard, we replayed that yesterday when I worked with Bernsey, and I said I've known John long enough, interviewed John, and talked to him, and seen. I could hear that sentence, and I could imagine a smile. I sort of heard that smile in the in the answer that because of my history with. With John, and I have no idea what you remember from that or what you saw, but you're a material witness to this to this case. What do you recall about that specific line since it came up in the interview? Well, honestly, I thought about this over the last couple of days since that happened, mm-hmm. and I don't remember his facial reaction, but I sort of took it at the time as tongue-in-cheek, like he said to those guys. I, I really don't think he meant... You know that I'm going to throw in the, the the towel here if things don't work over the next whatever span of time. So, when he said it was tongue in cheek, I took it at the time as tongue in cheek. But honestly, I don't remember his facial reaction when he said it. Okay, now here's David Schuster. Here he joins us. We we have the Bobby Portis revenge game, the Otto Porter revenge game. We have we have Bobby Portis is just a piece of work. I love this guy. He's so much he more great? interesting he is now great. that he's so gone. Much fun. Well, now that he's gone because he's firing on. Okay, so yesterday. Yesterday, Otto Porter hits his first three shots, 
right? As a bull, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. think the first one until there's like nine minutes in or whatever it is. And, oh, my God, look at this guy. He's he's found a place. He's finding a place, and he hits, and he hits, and he hits. And all of a sudden, the court became bigger, wider, whatever. So Jeff Van Gerten, part of the score broadcast with um, Chuck and Bill, he tweets out, Otto Porter has hit his first three shots. And Bobby Porter, Bobby Portis would tweet back later, I hit my first six with a Wizards, man. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, and he's go, giving an LOL to Corey Westerlin from two days yeah, ago as he's that, doing. That, that was the amusing part to me. And I mean, I saw both of those, and I'm thinking, my God, he's following everybody, and he's responding to everybody's comments now that he's gone. And I got such a kick out of that. I'm going to miss Bobby Portis because, and I did some uh, um, some remotes with him, you know, in the past also. Really fun guy, and he opened up more and more as time went on. So I'm going to miss this guy, and he's a good ball player. You know, they, the Bulls just didn't want to give him starters money if he wasn't going to be a starter. Um, but, you know, he's, he's going to end up being a starter probably for Washington. He'll get his money, which is, you know, ultimately uh, what I'm sure both he and his agents are looking for. I understand why they traded him because he's, you know, he's essentially a luxury piece on a, on, on a good team. Um, and you're, no, you're not in any position to pay him as he's you're figuring out what the hell you that. are. But, see, here's the thing. I realized that their failure to get the most out of Bobby Portis – is emblematic of how this thing keeps feeling so screwed up. Like when you're in the middle of a rebuild, you can find guys. You know, you can find guys. It's why I get angry when I remember back that they had Spencer Dinwiddie in camp and they decided to cut him and now he's, you know, it, in it, he's a net. He's hurt, isn't he? He's hurt now, but he played he's himself into a contract yeah. and like a very solid NBA player all of a sudden. It's why I hate when they get rid of second round picks for $3.5 million. You might get a Jordan Bell. You could actually use. They did well to draft Bobby Portis where they did. And then he developed a little bit. And then this year he took a step back, I thought, because in the boiling idiotic offense, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. Is that the title of it? And, and, and now the timeline <laughs> doesn't match up, so they have to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they keep screwing up the little things like that. They're bad at evaluating talent. Are They're they really David? bad. And here's a, here's another aspect: the rebuild keeps changing. Right. Um, it changed it changed with this Otto Porter trade. Obviously, they they, they didn't you know. Not even through the, um, through, you know, they basically said that they're not going to get any free agents over the next couple of years, so they had to go out and get a free agent, or not, excuse me, a small forward in a trade in Otto Porter. I want to throw this question out to you and to everybody else. Let's just say the Bulls get super lucky, and that's what it would be for them to get Zion Williamson. You tell me with what they have right now, what the Bulls' starting five is next year, if Zion Williamson is drafted by the Bulls. Help me out with that. Jordan Pippen. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm being serious now. What, what's the Bulls' starting five if they draft Zion Williamson? And he would be a starter, obviously. So tell me what their starting five is. Okay, so you've got um, Markinen. Yeah, uh, stretch five. Yeah, exactly. Markinen is a stretch five. Well, stretch four. Okay, well, Zion, where are you playing Zion? What position? Well, you're going to have to play him at three. You're going to have to, even though he's sort of a hybrid three-four. But he's going to be in your starting line. And he's going to play four, and Markkanen's going to play five. I think Markkanen, Zion, 
and then Zach Levine, and then Otto Porter, and your your veteran point guard that they bring in instead of Chris Dunn is no, Der- is no, Derek no, Rose. No, 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 right. Wendell Carter is going to be their center next year. Okay, you know, no, whatever, no matter what, Markinen is going to be your power forward, stretch four, whatever you want to call him. No matter what, let's just say your guards stay the same, and, and and Chris Dunn is at least iffy. But let's just say he's the starting point guard. Zach Levine is still on the team at as your two guard position. And then Otto Porter, who you just traded for, for $57 million for the next couple of years, is not a starter. Okay, so he's not a starter. No, see, that, that's why I think the, the, ideally they would go ahead and play super small and positionless, and maybe Wendell has to come off the, come off the bench for starters until Zach. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what, exactly what they would do. You think Wendell's going to start and play every game next year? Yes, he's their starting center going forward. Yes. Well, I, I I don't know that you have to be married to that idea. Maybe so, yeah. it changes. Maybe it changes opponent to opponent. Um, and and who's going to be the coach? Are you going to have a real NBA coach? Or are you going to have Jim Boylan? <laughs> That's a good question in itself. Um, and do you want Jim Boylan to be the coach of of a talent like Zion Williamson? Th- these are all questions that you know are are fun to think about, and maybe they'll be answered down the road. But like I said, you know, the, the rebuild keeps changing on the fly, and, and maybe that's the way it is around the league. Um, I don't necessarily blame the Bulls for making this trade the other day because they don't see getting a small forward unless they get really lucky in the draft, and that's why they went for Otto Porter right now, and, and obviously Jabari Parker was ticketed out of here. There's no question about that, and if it took Bobby Portis to make the trade work, then unfortunately that's what had to happen, but the rebuild seemingly changes a lot on the fly. Talking with David Schuster, we're doing it here on The Score, talking Bulls basketball. So, Bobby Portis had had back-to-back 30-point games for two different teams. Nobody's done that before. And here he comes with revenge on his mind. Those crazy eyes are going to get crazy, crazier. And... Zach Zach Levine, good close with Bobby Portis, says we're going to, about tonight's game, we're going to try to give them a a good bleep you game. And Bobby Portis said on TV, I think the Wizards got a steal with me and Jabari, and that was given a, a, a retweet by Dwayne Wade that just said facts. So I, I I don't know what you expect, what you think, what you hear about tonight's game, but but – it sounds interesting, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. I mean, this might be the game of the year, at least to look forward to. I mean, obviously, there's not going to be any postseason basketball, no playoff anything close to it. So this might be the closest thing to playoff intensity because of the emotion of a lot of guys. And, and let's not forget, unless he's still going to be injured, Nico Miritich is the next home game. So that'll be the first time he might play in an opposing uniform at the United Center. So uh, after Monday... There's probably nothing to look forward to other than to see if Otto Porter fits in here. Um, how about Zach Levine also, by the way, saying this is the first time he's had fun in a long, long time. What a sad commentary that in itself is on the Bulls this season. Okay, but from last why, night. why do you think that? Because Jim Boylan is still the coach. It's not like they, they were released from Boylan prison. They won big. That must feel outrageously good to Zach Levine, who's lost 200 games in his NBA career. <laughs> also, the, the court got spread. Otto Porter Jr. spread the court, and the ball movement yesterday was unfortunately exceptional. 
It was it, they. The Bulls played a, actually played a decent game last night. Now again, it's against a team that's really not that good. And as you said, Spencer Dinwiddie's not even playing right now. Do you and, like and the Nets were not playing much of any defense, but the Bulls actually looked like an NBA team last night. Oh God, it's all just so sad. <laughs> because you want that top draft pick. Well, that's why you say that. if you don't if you don't finish in the bottom three in a year like this, you're not doing your job. You're just not. And, and the way the league is constructed, it, w- when there is a prize, you have to finish in the bottom three. You, you, you have to. And you have the opportunity to do so. It's like when they didn't trade Pau Gasol because they said he was part of the core and that mm-hmm. was an opportunity. They could have fallen into the lottery that year. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they have failed to take advantage of those kind of opportunities um, many, many times. And the league is so, is so screwed up. You have to take advantage of those. And they lost there. the coin flip where Sacramento got the second pick. They tied with Sacramento yes last year six. One got six, one got seven, whatever it was, they lost the they they lost the coin flip and Sacramento moved up. However, mm-hmm. that, that spot was chosen, those ping pong balls came up. So they got unlucky there, uh, while they were getting speaking of getting lucky and unlucky, David, let me ask you this. Speaks brought this up that the the three alphas year, which they had money to spend. Maybe they were ordered to spend money to fill seats. Does is that a a creation of your random Reinsdorf in ownership to make sure seats got filled to give to to put on a show on the floor that bought extra time for Garpax security or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. You just keep rebuilding every year. Did that buy them? Did that? Buy them some some shield. Do they get a get out of getting fired for two years kind of thing? Did that extend their life because they were carrying out orders from from random Reinsdorf's? I, I don't think so. I, I can't be definitive because I wasn't in the room when maybe that conversation might have been had at that juncture. But I don't think so. They just all of a sudden saw a chance to get a Dwayne Wade. Did it put some extra fannies in the seats? Maybe a few, but to be honest with you, those seats were pretty much sold to begin with. Um, did it get some further goodwill with the fan base? I don't know. It failed. To be honest with you. I think it was an attempt at that, David, that failed, right? Because, because, well, yeah, because, because they didn't go anywhere, to be honest with you, with it, ultimately. Um, you know, and then Rondo, of course, hurt himself. I, actually, I think the Bulls might have beaten the Celtics in that series if he stayed healthy for what it's worth, but, you know, that's yeah. revisionist history at this point. Ultimately, like I said, the, the rebuild constantly has changed here a little bit. They they talked about going young and athletic, and then they bring in those two guys, which yep. is you know the antithesis of what they were talking about. So you know it seemed it seemingly changes all the time. That year stands out to me for exactly that. Let's go young and athletic, and then they bring in Wade and Rondo, and they is that the year they also drafted Denzel Valentine. Yes. Who at least was young, right, and and certainly sort not of. athletic, and wasn't yeah. really even that young. No, it wasn't. Not compared to the, no. the eighteen-year-olds coming. Out nope, no. he was. He, he, no. Yeah, so BS on that. I, I, absolutely, and it screwed up any potential timeline for this possible summer to be ready. And that was in a LeBron in the East universe. They willingly accepted dreams of mediocrity. And and they slogged their way to the the eighth seed, right? And they, and I think they, they they would have beaten the Celtics. I think you're right about that. But I mean, but who cares? You know, that would have been yeah. one extra series and some playoff revenue and two extra weeks of of entertainment for for Bulls fans. Look at the East now with no LeBron. 
Toronto made a deal going for it. Philly made two deals going for it. Milwaukee adds Nico going for it. And the Bulls are not even remotely appetizing, and they know it. Sad. They're going to have to get lucky, guys. I mean, they're, they're going to need a Zion Williamson or, well, I don't know if there's anybody else of that ilk. Um, you know, the other kid there is Barrett, good. But, I mean, Williamson, Williamson is the prize, obviously. Okay, so did, did you see any movies, and do you have Oscar picks for us since we're not going to be, um, I don't know what next week's going to be. but When is the Oscars? Uh, two two weeks, weeks from, from today. tomorrow. Mm, from tomorrow, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw a couple movies. Um, I probably saw even more than a couple movies, but my senility doesn't remember them all since it's been so long. Um, I saw Stan and Ollie which is about Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, oh, John and actually, C. Riley. I really want to see that. Grew up he, did, he did a really them, good huh? job, and so did Steve Coogan as, uh, yeah. as uh, you know, uh, the other character. I mean, I thought they both did a good job. Now, it's not the most exciting movie. It's a little slow-moving at first and then picks up a little bit towards the end, but it's interesting because I learned something from this. Uh, Laurel and Hardy were much like the three Stooges, and I don't mean just comedians. No, there's the only two of they, them, David. There's well, only, I know that, two, two, nine, two and three. three. I do understand the difference so between they're that. Not, they're not that much like them. <laughs> no, what I meant by, that, my, meant by that is that the fact that they got screwed by um, the industry back in those days, and they didn't make the money that they deserved to be making like they did in the movies, much like the Three Stooges got screwed by all the revenue that was kept away from them. So in order to try and recoup some of that money at the tail end of their careers, they went over to Europe and they were doing some shows there to try and you know bring some more life back into their um, into their uh, shows. And ultimately, you know, unfortunately, um, one of the two of them got sick, and that was pretty much the end of their uh, relationship. But it was really an interesting movie, and I thought John C. Riley and Steve Coogan did a really good job. It's not really getting that much acclaim, or it's not that many people are going to see it at the theaters, but I definitely think it was worth seeing, no question. I, and then I the other movie that I saw going back, I don't know, a few weeks, was Ben is Back, which ah. actually did get, get some acclaim by the critics, uh, Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges. I wasn't as gung-ho as the critics on this movie. I didn't really find it totally believable, to be honest with you. But, you know, it's still worth seeing overall. So those are the two movies that I can remember. Did you see The Trip and the trip to the, the two trip movies that Steve Coogan made? I did not. Me neither. Oh, yeah, I've, heard they're, they're, I've heard they're treasures. very, very good. They are treasures. Yeah. He and Rob Brydon, and, and, and they... They spend just they're talented comedians. They take this trip. It's it's a wonderful idea, well executed. I love Steve Coogan, wildly underrated. So yeah, he was really really good in this movie. As far as the Oscars, guys, it's not the greatest of years for movies overall. For me, the best movie I saw was Green Book. I don't know if that's going to win or not. It's one of few honors at some of these other shows that have been cropping up over the last month or so. To me, it was the best movie I saw. I don't know if Black. Klansman or Black Panther or, you know, the Rhapsody movie is going to win. I have no idea. But for me, the best movie I saw was Green Book. Thank you, David. I loved Star is Born. I think for some, was really good for, for some it was. reason it's getting it's getting just a little bit minimized in terms of the competition, and it, and it shouldn't be. I thought it was absolutely brilliantly done. 
Does she and he got screwed. He got screwed by obviously not being nominated for best director. Right. Uh, by the way, Peoria Matt says via text that he thought Stan and Ollie was a documentary about Gar Packs. I understand why he would. <laughs> well, well, see, now they're that. more like the Three Stooges because they're making enough mistakes for three people. <laughs> well, Boylan, Boylan is is Curly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, he's actually Joe Besser. <laughs> by the way, the story of Stan and Ollie getting and guys like that getting screwed from they're just paid their contracts and they didn't not the residuals the best story about that the monkeys were the same way okay the monkeys were hired to play the monkeys right hired as actors by don kirshner yep and when mike nesmith the story goes mike nesmith found out what don kirshner was making and what the monkeys the people playing the monkeys weren't that mike nesmith hung don kirshner out the Capitol building's record the famous looking corn cob building suge knight action here yes Hung him out there until the contractors we were reworked. Shug, was- ne- Shug Nesmith. I had no yeah, idea. That's right. So that's the story. That's how you get. That's how you get even. That's that's sort of a musical Luca Brasi. Either, <laughs> either your brain or that signature is going on the contract. Hey, Maddie, has, has the Tributosaurus ever played the monkeys? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, we have. We we have. Really? Yeah, because. Those songs are unbelievably good. One of them was Carol King and Jerry Goff. A lot of them were. She, she wrote Pleasant Valley Sunday. It's her birthday today. We should Carol have Chris Hine on. Yeah, yeah I, I'm in. But no, a lot of them were Carol King, Jerry Goff, and Barry Mann, Cynthia Wilde. Neil yes. Diamond wrote a bunch of them. It's like they were Brill Building songwriters. There's some really, really good ones in there. So, yes, sir. So you did a Monkeys. Yeah, it was great fun. Because you think it's just such a jokey little stuff, but the depth of, of really good songs in there is quite something. See? Agreed. Last Train to Turdsville is not just a throwaway line. <laughs> mm-hmm. David, thanks. We appreciate it. See you guys. All right. That's David Schuster. I'll tell you on one. Um, Barry Man Cynthia Wilde wrote one called Love is Only Sleeping. Oh, man. It's so creepy and so good. So creepy? creepy. Why is it creepy? It's a creepy monkey's tune because it's dark. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's like it's dark. It's got a it's, – it's, it's in seven. It's weird. And it's just – It's in seven? Yes. It's, it's, and it's ominous. It's got a thing. Man in Wild, when you saw it, did you see Beautiful? I did. Ten times like Chris Hine? Just once. Okay. I, I thought I, – and we went – we saw it and went home and looked up Man in Wild, did not realize – Knew they were important, did not realize their significance. You've lost that love and feeling. Right. And but they once did I think they did a tour show, a lounge act, where they played their music mm-hmm. and it was called They Wrote That. Yeah. And I think I love that. One of the all time great titles. They're remarkable. I mean I, I Carol King, you know, but Man and Wild were Oh my God, they wrote that. They on wrote Broadway. That. That was it. Just go, it just goes on and on. We got to get out of this place by the animals, they wrote. Eric Burden and the animals? Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. I'm Venus in blue jeans, as long as we're going back that far, and he's the doe-eyed Matt Spiegel. At top of the hour, we'll talk to Mark Gonzalez about the Cubs, rules changes. You know, there was – Rob, the, the commissioner said something that may or may not speed up the trade of Kyle Schwarber. We'll talk about that when we come back, and we'll talk about it with Gonzo. And um, there's also a bit of White Sox. There's a Machado rumor that's it's it's old news being repurposed as new news. It's confusing people, so I want to clarify. Make sure that. we spread it, and as long as it in, <laughs> as long as it includes the idea that Machado won't sign with the Bulls either because he thinks they're a bad organization. <laughs> Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven. The score. Are we on the air? 
because Spiegel's playing me the creepy <laughs> monkey song on his phone. Whoops. And Sorry about that. After checking to see if the vegan menu is still available. <laughs> and I, I just, I don't know why we have to get interrupted. Can you at least give the name of the song? Love, because we love have texters wanting to know. Love is only sleeping. Love, love is only sleeping. Love is only sleeping. So is it, is it, does it venture into necrophilia? No. I mean, where are we here? Yeah, no, no. I, I, I never I thought the monkeys are creepy. They were just happy. There's Davy Jones and Mickey Dolans. They're all so happy. Mm-hmm. And, no, that one's uh, that one's just you know a little bit of dark. I like the dark with the uh, with the funny, the dark with the sweet. I, I like the dark chocolate with the raspberry. See, there you go. You and like I'm, pineapple in stir fry? No, I like the dark chocolate with the raspberry. It should be in dessert. That's too sweet. sweet oh yeah, those sweet. are too sweet. My bad. I don't like sweet and savory. You don't like the sweet and no. the sweet and savory? No. Do you they're, like? They're separate but equal. It's sort of sweet and savory are like the orthodox menu for me. They need to be separate. Really? Yes. How about sweet an art? On Do you like comedies that are a, that are really dark and gruesome, like in Bruges? Did you see in Bruges? I did not. Oh, it's so good. I did. I, I will settle for for. Comedy noir, yeah, right, yeah, like I, I could do that. Fargo, yes. right? Fargo uh, is that? You know what? Frances McDormand could just she could read the phone book. Mm-hmm. She could go door to door. Whatever she's going to do, I'm I'm good with that. Frances McDormand. All right, so let's spread some rumors. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, uh, okay, you start with you do your Manny Machado thing. Jim Duquette, the former general manager of the Baltimore Orioles, uh, among others. Was on SNY last night, and was he, he on the toilet or just on SNY? <laughs> no, that's Jim Bowden. Oh, I'm... that's our that's our flusher, kind the mad flusher. Of flush. You know, we had two All guests. The... We had two guests on Inside the Outhouse today, and not one of them was flush. on the toilet. That's <laughs> <laughs> a huge disappointment. Sorry, interrupted. Yeah, but... but here's my whole point about that. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> right. I'm Jim sorry. Duquette uh, was asked about the Yankees and Manny Machado, and he said that. The offer that the Yankees had made to Machado was seven or eight years, $220 million. MLB.com repurposed that interview, and it was a news story today, and it was in people's feeds. Oh, my God, and they saw that and read that as, this is a new offer from the Yankees to Manny Machado, and that is not what the story is. Duquette was talking about when they met seven or eight weeks ago, that was the offer. He also said that other teams were in that range, and the Yankees are not expected to be the highest bidder. So, wow, the White Sox are in a game where the Yankees are not going to be the highest bidder. Yeah, if you yes, if, I mean, is that what you're? Yes. So, so it it's not. It was an offer two months ago. Say just for argument's sake, just for that's what chronology. Jim Duquette is saying. The offer. So was, what, yeah. And he said no then. He said no then. It's not available anymore? I, you look at the Yankees' construction, it doesn't make sense to me that it would be available now. They went out and got DJ LeMayhew. Troy yeah. Tulowitzki's on a minor league deal. Right. They haven't traded Miguel Andujar. Camp is here. They got a whole bunch of other stuff with their money. Signed Zach Britton. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me that that would still be something that they would currently want. But they paired that in the news story with quotes from Hank Steinbrenner from earlier saying, well, we're not out of anything until opening day. You know me. You know, so so that that always, it, it's the kind of, in my opinion, it's the kind of non-news that stokes the fires. And we've got a bunch of people texting about it today. Like, hey, did you hear this? Did you hear this? It's old. It's Fake old. news. Right. So what would you say? We were, I brought this up to... Um... Rick Camp and I were talking about it yesterday, and I brought it up to Burns. He said, if you're the White Sox, you whatever your offer is to right now, you all, you know you have a higher ceiling. 
given the the stasis of this situation and and the inertia and the fear of moving and also the fear of collusion because clearly people are colluding well if you're the white Sox and they are they already went through the the before when it was nine million they went they blew right through ten and went to eleven million for Joey Bell twenty years ago mm-hmm. why wouldn't you go now let's say your highest is two twenty five with seventy five million in makeable bonuses because they've done that before with players I'm going back to Horace Grant they gave him a real low ball contract but with makeable and it went all the way up why wouldn't you do that why don't you end it now say they Manny might. here's our deal they might. I, I don't know if they would or wouldn't because Bernsey was thinking the 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 negotiations don't really start until you get a competitive offer. And I said, no, that if you're the White Sox, you say, this is it. We need to move on. We need to make a team. We want him. We're doing it in good faith. It's the best offer you've gotten. Take it. This offseason. Or not. And the, you have one day. Yeah, well, the offseason's going to end. Whether you, whether you like it or not, the offseason is going to end, and everybody's playing this game of chicken. So I hear what you're saying, and that, that the White Sox could step up, and they could create the artificial deadline. Since and somebody needs to do it, because Major League Baseball is going to end up in court again for collusion. That's what that will – if they don't find the emails, Major League Baseball will be lucky. But if there's some communication, because clearly that's what's going on. And by the way, there's an Onion headline I wanted to share. I didn't want to forget. Do it. Bryce Harper asks if Philly's willing to move to another city. <laughs> Philly, no. Padres? <laughs> yeah. Padres, maybe. Padres, probably. We'll take a break. We'll discuss the Cubs, Kyle Schwarber, role changes, what's going on as they, as pitchers and catchers prepare to report on the most overheated, overrated day outside of signing day. In sports, I'm Venus and Blue Jeans. He's the doe-eyed one. We're Spe- Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.